Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. I feel that deeply physically on my skin. Like I'm so uncomfortable hearing that that's a possibility that I could put these five years in and at the end still be standing there like this. But right now you feel that on your skin. Right now, yeah. Like that's setting in something in me is reacting to like, wait, our current plan of kind of ignore these things and just barrel through, we could get there and then still feel like this. That's terrifying. It's likely. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it makes my knees weak. You are listening to The New Man, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Is imposter syndrome driving you nuts? Are you going to be replaced if you don't constantly prove your value? And are your career ambitions really just a way to achieve some illusion of control? In today's coaching conversation, we talk with a guy who's struggling with imposter syndrome. He's convinced his success is going to come crashing down if he doesn't constantly prove he's legit. Digging deeper, we reveal what's truly driving him to exhaustion. And so together, we create a surprising solution that immediately helps him feel more powerful. What you're about to hear is an actual coaching call. The person being coached volunteered and gave explicit permission to have our conversation recorded for this podcast. But before we start, what the heck is coaching? I'm sure if you asked 50 coaches that question, you'd get 50 answers. So here's my perspective. I approach coaching like a music producer may work with an artist. My job is to challenge and support them to create their best work the work they're called to create in this short time they have on the planet. So what does that mean? This quote work can be our professions, but really it's everything. Our relationships, our sex life, the impact we make, the legacy we leave behind. It's creating a life that aligns with our values, the meaningful experiences we want to have before we die, the stuff that has us feel more free, alive, connected, and at peace. So what gets in the way? It's fear, it's resistance, head trash, distractions, being comfortable doing the same old thing, even though the same old thing no longer serves us. Now, there are no quick fixes. I approach coaching as a long-term process, and this means that the conversations on this podcast are just a snapshot into that process. What I aim to provide in these snapshots is the opportunity to get in touch with who we truly are underneath that fear, to get a glimpse of who we're waiting to be when we're no longer holding ourselves back. Revealing this bigger, more whole part of us is just the start. From there, it's about doing the day-to-day -day creative work that makes good ideas a reality. So keep this in mind as you listen today, and I invite you to consider what you might create if you weren't holding yourself back. You mentioned something about vision, imposter syndrome. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I've spent about a decade in my career, and I, uh, I've risen up quickly. And so, in the, especially in the last two years, I'm really kind of crushing it. And I thought I'd get more comfortable. And I thought with these things, I thought I would uh, start to kind of feel like I'm filling my shoes correctly. 
And it's just proven not to be the case at all. And so I'm at this interesting point where it looks like my trajectory keeps going up. And I think I should keep striving and keep going for these bigger opportunities. But I am wildly uncomfortable right now. And um, just feel, you know, feel, feel like somebody's going to figure that out at some point. Okay. Can you give me some uh, more of a specific sense of when you're uncomfortable, what's a bit of the internal dialogue that you hear for yourself when you're uncomfortable? Sure. Um, you know, I'm looking for someone to ask for the solution. I'm looking for mentorship. I'm looking for guidance. I'm looking for the adult in the room. And it turns out I've been put in the positions I'm in because I'm expected to be that, that grown up, you know? So it's like my, my word now is kind of the final word in a lot of spots. And that's a place I'm not used to. Okay. And is it that, you know, if I'm looking at challenge and skill, Mm-hmm. Are you, is your, are you, is the challenge far outside of your skill level? You know, I, I work in creative, I, I hire teams, so I don't have, you know, I, I hire artists, I hire writers, I hire all these kind of people and I don't have those actual skills. So that might be exacerbating this for sure. Um, you know, a lot of what I do is making sure people are happy and moving and, and putting pieces together, the, the soft skills of it all. A soft skill guy, sure, but it does. Uh, when you get down to tangibles, when you get down to um, the execution, sometimes that's where it feels a little funky. That you know, you're sitting here making all these calls, and you're not the one executing. Nor could you. Okay. So you're leading a team or teams. Yeah. They are the ones that are executing, and you're the one overseeing them. Yeah, exactly. And at any time, we're going to realize what about you? What's the thing that that we're just going to finally figure it out? You're just going to figure out that I'm a guy who knows how to answer an email, smile, and and give you a pat on the back. And that might be all I do. If we really boiled it down, you know, Uh, I've I've, I've run a good guy. He was a salesman for a long time. And... um, the power of personality is strong, right? So I just having an attaboy attitude is maybe the only thing I do, you know, waking up and, and keeping it moving. And that, let's take it a step further. That's great. So, it, and if that's all we see in you, then sure. what does that mean? What's the judgment that you are imagining will have about you? Well, I imagine they'll finally realize I'm just kind of a, a business jackal you know, kind of exploiting good efforts for profit for my company. And um, I don't really bring much tangible to any of these projects. That's from my, you know, from my creative side. On the business side, I always worry that, um, I worry they'll get a cheaper, younger, younger guy who might actually have a few skills on top of a, a good ethic and a good attitude. Um, so scared on both ends. Yeah, and let's take it a step further because I want to see if I can identify a one or two or maybe more core statements, which is this, there's a belief or something in there, which is something along the lines of if they really got to know me, they'd see that I'm not valuable. Or I, I want you right. to, what, what, what fits for you? Yeah, exactly. If they really got to know me, they'd see I'm, I'm not certainly not essential, but, but valuable is correct. Like I don't have the technical skills that, um, when I was growing up, I imagined someone in my ranking would have. Right. And is it that we all expect you to have those skills? Yeah. I mean, that's an unspoken agreement, but I thought we all, yeah, I, I, I've never spoken to anyone about this, but I, I, you know, my understanding of someone in the rankings that I'm at was that they had a, a very solid core, uh, really hard skill background and, and really, they weren't operating in the uncertainty that I operate in daily. You know, I thought they really knew where the boat was going. I thought they, uh, they had the, the proof and the numbers and all those things. And, and what I do day to day is more reading tea leaves than than having like a, a solid blueprint to follow. 
And so I can imagine from that perspective, if somebody said, hey, what is your technical background? What are your technical achievements? What are your technical skills? You would, you would, oh my, oh, you, like, would it be that? Would, is that the dreaded conversation? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not an MBA. I'm not, uh, I'm not a pedigree, you know, like I'm, I'm a boiler room guy. That's, that's where I got my start. Literal boiler rooms, you know, uh, slamming deals. And then I just fought my way into the industry I'm in just by beating down doors. That's, that's all it was. I didn't have the background. I had the, the gumption to just keep knocking on a guy's door till he let me in. Okay. I, that's it. I've been scrappy the whole time, but I've never been good. According to, I, I, here's what I want you to do is I want you to start to add according to a certain audience. Okay. Never been good. You don't get to where you are if you're not good. Sure. <laughs> at something. So sure. there's, there's a certain lens that you're looking at this through and, and from that lens it seems like you're attributing your value. Sure. So according, I mean, according to my vision of the world, according to, according to critics, right? Like I make, if you looked at the movie industry as a comp for what I do, you know, you grow up wanting to be an auteur. You want to be Martin McDonough making cute movies about Ireland. And then you realize you've turned into Michael Bay. You've figured out how to make profitable things that might not be the art that got you into this business. Hmm. And, and there's a lot of, if you think about the reputations of those two, two people, I think that's a good, that's how I feel a lot of the time is I've, I've become, you know, serviceable. That's just a different vision from where I thought I would be. Okay. I'm slowing down here because I want to see if I want to go down that road. Okay. Just yet. Sure. Sure. What if it was okay if they knew that you had, you didn't have the chops, the technical chops? I, I mean, I can, I can kind of say to you, oh yeah, that's great. But, but um, like if I chase that down a little further, it's tough to figure out why they keep me in the mix then. You know, it feels like maybe short term they'd go, oh, okay, right. And then long term, they'd be looking for a way to replace me. Uh, it's like they figure out the magic trick. Oh, that was a cool trick. But then you go, okay, it's only a trick. We should probably find an actual wizard, right? Oh. If it was your technical skills were there, why, why do you think they, they have you in your position? If it was really about your technical skills, why, why wouldn't they have you bringing your technical wizardry instead of what you're actually doing, which is leading? Yeah. You know, I've gotten where I got, I've gotten by doing the work. I, I do know that. I, I see it in the rooms when other people take that step back, when something gets hard or when it's like, hey, can we get this done? I, you know, I think the way I was raised, I didn't know you could say, no, we can't do it. So I think that's gotten me far, like I was talking about earlier. It's just kind of that perseverance that uh, is a skill I have. So I think, but I think there's a little luck too, right? You do the right favor for the right guy and suddenly they remember you. So I think I've gotten a couple of really good breaks that put me on high visibility projects that I didn't say no to. And I might be riding those breaks uh, for all they're worth. It's interesting because, you know, I have a background in more technical stuff. And, and what I found was that there were a lot of people that didn't want to lead. Yeah. They wanted to be technicians. They wanted to do their craft. They sure. wanted to be left alone so they could do their thing. Yeah, hundred percent. And they were happy that that was the case. They didn't want to play the game. They didn't want to have to go charge through and be, beat on doors and all of the things that you're talking about, which is a completely different skill set. Right. They didn't want to have to manage people. They didn't want to have to tell people no and tell other people yes and make hard decisions. Yeah. And also be the neck right. that the axe could come down on if something didn't go right. Yeah, 100%. And it sounds like you're, you've got this perspective on what you do where you're forgetting what it is that you're actually bringing to the table and why you're there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, there's nobody happier than somebody who just gets left alone to doodle and, and do all that. And I get jealous of these guys. Absolutely. Okay. 
What's the ideal scenario here? Is that you're out of this position or that you somehow snap your fingers and it all goes away or what's, what's the win? I think the crazy thing is that even though I'm, I'm sitting here telling you like, Oh my gosh, I'm over my head. I'm drowning. I, I'm not the guy deep down something else in me is saying, Oh, we're still going up. You know, we're still going to climb a couple other rungs. <laughs> so the ideal scenario is to find some peace. Either it's getting comfortable being uncomfortable or it's, you know, which is probably the right answer, but, the dream is being real comfortable with this and, and moving with grace and, and fluidity and, and knowing, hey, we're, we kick ass at this and we're going to kick ass on the next run. Because as much as I'd love to not be the guy with the neck out and just do a little technical thing and be left alone, that's not me. I'm going to keep going up. So I got to figure this out because that's the way it's looking. As you describe that, I, I could see two, at least two different people in the room. One guy who just wants to be, just to chill and just to feel yes. confident and have this stability. And, you know, just, I, I know I'm going to do my job. I know what my job is and everybody knows what my job is. And, and it, I just get to do my thing and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's, that feels good, right? It's just like, ah. Oh. I bet it would. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's this other guy. It's like we we don't rest. We keep moving up. Yeah, we keep stretching. We keep yeah. striving. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly true. Those those are the two, the two two forces inside me for sure. So is it that we really have this imposter syndrome, as as we call it, or is there just a part of you that is striving for that stability and security and predictability? And the other one is hell bent on more. Yeah, I know. Th- I, I think you're right that that's that's what it is. I, there's just part of me that would love to predict, would love to clock in and clock out. I'd love to stock shelves at Trader Joe's and smile at the the people and show them an avocado and you know not lose sleep at night. Um, just uh, that predictability, that security um, sounds great. And then there's part of me that realizes that that's putting your future in someone else's control, right? And that when you let someone else move you around the board, is that secure? Is that anything? No. All right. Well, let's own the chessboard, you know? Okay. Wow. That's a great, great image there. So I don't want to just win the game. I want to own the board. Yeah. Okay. And when, as you say that, I heard the word control pop up a couple of times. I heard it too. Yeah. So the stability, there's, there's, one, there's one theory, which is, hey, we could find a groove and find our niche and just kind of settle into that. And that would be stability and security. And the other one's like, no, the only, maybe the only way we have that control and we can relax is if we own the entire board. Right. Okay. And then we'll relax. And then we relax. <laughs> <laughs> and is there anybody else on the, in the, you know, the, and we're, if we're in the boardroom of your brain right now, is there any other else that's piping up and has another theory? Are we missing anybody? I think those are the two strong voices. Yeah. Okay. And this has this, this uh, tension between these two voices been around for a while. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, absolutely. I've, you know, as, as I say, even from, from 18, I've been in un, uncertain jobs, meritocracy jobs, you know, earn only what you bring in. Uh, and I've always thought along the way, like, oh, there's got to be a way to sleep more at night. Maybe it's in that, that clock in, clock out, do a skill, get a, a stable reward. So that's the road I've honestly never gone down. So it sounds like both of these aspects or parts of you want similar things. They both want to relax. They both want to feel like there's enough security that they can relax. Yeah. And they have very different strategies for going about that. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. But I like that we've got an end game for both. There's a, there is a shared desire or that it lives in the same neighborhood. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's this stability, security, control, predictability. Yeah, it seems like a, a good win state. Okay, sure. And it's actually a need. 
It's a need that we have okay. for certainty. Okay. It's hard for us to play and to be creative and, you know, kind of other aspects of our abilities to show through when we're in this place of, I don't think everything's going to be okay. Or we have to, you know, there's this, is everything okay? I don't know. Right. And our nervous system is jacked up. If we go beyond a certain amount, it's not a, it's not an enjoyable state. Okay. It wears us out. We need a little bit of it. That's where we find flow. A little bit, little tiny bit. You get, you don't, you don't get enough of it. Then I talk to you and you're like, I'm bored out of my mind trip. I'm thinking I'm going to blow it up. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that, that resonates. <laughs> okay. So we're moving from this idea. I don't, I don't doubt that the imposter syndrome's here, but I don't think that's, I want to understand what's creating this environment for you. What would have you stretch here? I'm curious for you, as we're starting to identify this core desire for more stability, more certainty, more control, mm -hmm. what starts to happen within you? Are you aware of where else that might be showing up in your life? Is it just with work and finances? Um, no, I, I control and letting go are, are themes that, that uh, are present in all of my, you know, in everything I do, um, pushing things to an extreme and that duality shows up in a lot of ways. You know, I'm a light switch guy. It's zero to 10. I haven't figured out how to install a dimmer. That's, that's how, that's where I live in, in all these things and control shows up a lot and letting go. Absolutely. Okay. What if this was an opportunity for you early on, you were talking about being the adult, right? So what yeah. if this was an opportunity for you to step out of this either or mm -hmm. duality and have choice when to embrace this very ambitious part of you, when to honor this other part of you that wants to just downregulate and chill from time to time. But I'm going to introduce, a th help you establish a third way for you where it's not about watering down anything necessarily, but having choice. Okay. Instead of who's going to win the battle today. It sounds like your, your striver does, but this kind of either or thing. Yeah. That, I mean, that sounds good in theory. It's tough to, it's tough to picture. Okay. The part of you that is very ambitious and is seeking to own the board as you say, when you talk about it, I don't hear the win of being other than more control. I don't hear as it's like, oh, this is my creative vision to cure cancer and alleviate all the suffering in the world. It's like, no, the, I, it's control. It's, you, you seem very clear around that, but I just want to under see if we if they're if I'm missing anything. Yeah, and I think that's a problem. I'm putting some time into right now as I don't have a really clear other than you know beat them up for more money, beat them up for more of this. I don't have that clear path of a checklist or any kind of vision to um, what it looks like to, to win these things. So you're right right now, it's, it's control. And, and that, it's, that expresses itself through more power, more money, more whatever. That's, that's all I'm hanging on to right now. Have you done, have you played this game enough to, I mean, is it validating to have more power, more money? Is it, does it, is it working for you? It's ceasing to, you know, all those, you read when you, when you don't have any, any money, you read the studies where they're like this amount of dollars after that, it doesn't impact your life. And you go, that's absolutely not true, obviously. And then you cross certain thresholds and then you go, oh, you know, a bonus that used to seem like it'd be life-changing now seems like it, it doesn't light up those same synapses. It doesn't uh, inspire you to dig deeper. And, and so those, the old ways are losing effect. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just, you know, you, you get a little more power, you get a little more control and that the crown's a little heavier, your neck's more out, outstretched and, and vulnerable, but it's not, you know, the rewards are, are not making sense right now. So if nothing about this trajectory changed, you've mm -hmm. got a sense of it now. Sure. And you're smart enough to track it. Give me a sense of how much longer you think you've got on this trajectory of more is more. Mm -hmm. 
What's your sense? How many more years or months could you play this game? And it's until you start to really get a sense that you've, you're, you're wearing it out. Sure. I, I think that's fair. I think I, I think about that because, you know, like I've been talking about, I got to this rung and, and, and realizing, oh, we got to go to the next one. And so I think it's, you know, it's a couple years here. And then that next one, we do three or four years. So it's five or six years of this. And then, then what? Okay. Yeah. Great. And I like that you've got that five or six. Okay. So what would make this five or six years ahead truly extraordinary for this part of you seeking to own the board? What's that? What's his vision? Like, this is it. This is what needs to happen in these next five or six years. Now it gets a little fuzzy, you know, I, I don't think filling in the, the, the drawing with, with exactly what is an exercise I've done. It's, it's all fuzzy. It's like, keep cranking projects, keep cranking product, keep, you know, what those are is not clear right now. How would we know if it didn't work? How would we know if it wasn't working anymore? You know, internally, I'm not sure. Externally, I think the, the opportunities would dwindle, right? So I think the world would let me know if I was losing that spark. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, in, in here, I'm not sure. And in, in, in my heart, if, if the work took a downgrade, I wouldn't see it, you know? But uh, I just rely on the world to tell me. Mm. I don't know if that's entirely true because you've described pretty well an internal state of not feeling okay. Yeah. Uh, being um, anxious, mm -hmm. having, having a hard time relaxing. Oh yeah. Okay. So if we would imagine you have a dashboard in front of you and we had some gauges and we had that comfort level, that relaxation level, we could probably find a few other gauges. Do you feel trapped or do you feel more free? Do you feel alive or do you feel drained? Mm -hmm. Do you feel connected to the people in your people in your life or do you feel more isolated from them? Do you feel bored with what you're doing? Do you feel even more overwhelmed now or do you feel more at peace? Yeah, I'm gonna react to all those things. Um, I feel trapped, I feel overwhelmed. Uh, I have been working from home for three years, so I feel isolated and I, I miss that for sure. And that's a problem I haven't been able to think my way out of, which is frustrating because mm -hmm. um, it's a world that no longer exists. Right. Uh, so that's a real tough one for me. Um, you know, we talk about soft skills, the soft skills need, need humans to interact with to really shine. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's been a tough few years for me. Um, yeah. So, you know, isolated, frustrated, uh, restless, all those things. I, I would love, one of the dials you mentioned was that trapped versus freedom um, in a very entitled way because uh, my career has went from a lot of freelance to one of my things I'm doing is technically, you know, on a payroll, which affects how I like to live. You know, I, I, being the expert, you can kind of set your own schedule, but when somebody expects time for the money they give you, that affects you sneaking out to the beach in the middle of the day or uh, doing something like that, that really felt like both a way to calm down and also kind of a status symbol of the life I've been forging. Right. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm trapped working from home and in an environment that's not uh, ideal. And it sounds like, well, I'm not really paying too much attention to that because right now the game is control. And I want to take that a little further because control isn't really an experience. But I could imagine we could figure that what this means for you, that if we said, hey, if I had more control, then I would feel what? My immediate reaction to that is, is calmer, you know? If I had more control, things would be more predictable, and I would calm down some. Okay. We could start to play with this now if we're looking at this five-year window that the part of you that really wants to continue to give it gas for a few more years, that if we got five or six more years into this and you didn't feel more calm, you'd be like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. 
that would be tough. Then we'd go back to what you were talking about of uh, looking to blow it up. Okay. You know? Yeah. All right. It'd be tough to make it five. If it didn't come and it might be tough to get that five-year timeline. You know, if we did two or three more years of the current anxious state, we, we might be looking for some dynamite. Okay. So let's zoom out here. You know, we, it's easy to look at this in terms of more things, projects, status, money, and there's, those are great until they're not so great anymore, as you described. But the, we need them to a certain degree. But what we're really saying here is we're starting to point that, wait a second, if I keep going in this direction and I don't ultimately get to feel more calm as a result, I, I'm screwing up somewhere. Something's not right. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I- I feel that deeply physically on my skin. Like I'm so uncomfortable hearing that that's a possibility that I could put these five years in and at the end still be standing there like this. Antsy. Okay. But right now you feel that on your skin. Right now, yeah. Like that's setting in something in me is reacting to like, wait, our current plan of kind of ignore these things and just barrel through, we could get there and then still feel like this. That's terrifying. It's likely. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that makes my knees weak. Yeah. You can test it. I'm not going to tell you not to, but I just... <laughs> 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 well, this, is, this, is a good, this is good news, though, because if you understand what the real end game is for you, and I'm, I'm sure we could even flesh this out more, but I love that you've got... This orientation, this this part of this, the compass is pointing towards this calm that you deeply, deeply want. And the idea of it not working out, the idea of calm not being on the other side of this, pu- this push, this crushing it. To realize that if that were to be taken away or to be removed from you at the last minute or to not be there at all, it's just devastating. Yeah. Okay. Anything you'd add to that? Anything that we would change or shift so far, flesh out? No, I mean, it would be devastating. Okay. I like that you use the word calm. I use the word peace. I like peace, and and I want to explain why it's different than um, comfort. I can have a, you know, a bad tooth or something, and I can take, I can drink some whiskey or I can take some, take a pill and it gives me comfort. It doesn't, it doesn't fix what's going on in my mouth. That thing's still festering. Peace is when I deal with it. I go to the dentist and I have that thing taken care of and now it's dealt with. There's no longer a, an infection, let's say. It's handled. I'm not trying to outrun it anymore. I've turned into it and I've dealt with it. Nice. So when it, but a lot of us are just getting, just getting better at comfort. Right. Yeah. We keep stacking on new things and it's like, I just got to keep out running it, baby. I just got to, just got to stay two steps ahead of this. Sure. Right. Okay. So when I talk about calm in your world, I want us to discern how you can kind of temporarily medicate and push these things down the road. Or maybe how we can start to look right into the eyes of whatever it is you're out running. Okay. Sure. And give you an option. Yeah. Right? Of what, what, what would bring you true calm or true peace versus this momentary thing. And then you wake up from, you know, Monday morning, and you're like, oh God, I still got to do this. I still got to deal with this thing. Right. Back to more. Yeah. Okay. So if we know that the end game for you lives in the neighborhood of calm, in the neighborhood of peace, and right now this part of you has a strategy that is keep going, keep pushing to do more. How, how do you describe that strategy? What's the strategy that, you, that, it, that it has? Yeah, I mean, it's being relentless. It's, it's just forging ahead. Okay. Just running. Just running. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I stop running, it'll be tough to get back to this level of speed. 
And, uh, and then if I stop running, I might have to think too much, you know? So let's, <laughs> we've started sprinting. Let's keep it going. What might we think about if we slowed down? Yeah, it feels like, you know, I mean, it feels like, feels like those lazy comforts come in when you slow down, right? Like I, I've, my whole life when I'm, when I'm running, when I'm moving, things get done when, you know, things are less chaotic, when things are easy, you know, anybody could handle easy. I don't have utility. I don't have purpose in a, in an easy world. So slowing down to that, I kind of lose myself in a different way. That's, and then that's where comfort comes in, right? And it's then um, all of a sudden I have comfort and I, I got time for more TV, this and that, and get a little lost that way. So at least with the running, there's a, a kind of, the purpose is take another step, take another step, take another step. And it, it kind of, that false purpose really, really keeps you moving. Okay. Wow. Love that false purpose, right? So what's your purpose? Just keep going. I don't, I don't question it. Right. <laughs> but, it, but it sounds like it really is dangerous to be comfortable, to relax. And you said I might lose you something about get lost there. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, like a dog, I start just without a task, I start chewing the furniture a little bit. Like I, I've in, you know, in college, I take a semester where I do 12 units and I bomb three classes. I take a semester where I do 21 units and I get all A's. Like it's oh. just always, again, not a dimmer guy, right? Like, <laughs> so, so turn the heat up and all of a sudden it all makes sense. And it's like, yeah, okay, I can, I can fight through this, but if there's no fight, yeah, this is, this is easy. This is dull. Okay. Doesn't sound, I, I want to keep pushing because I, I want to understand what's really at risk here. So, because it sounds very, it, it sounds a bit scary to slow mm -hmm. down rather yeah. than, I want to understand what's at stake if you were to really slow down versus, eh, it's just kind of boring. I don't, I don't get that that's, I, 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 my sense is that something's going to be taken away from you or you're going to lose something. Sure. Yeah. I feel I have a lot of fear if I slow down, you know, if I stop being that guy who in the room steps up and says, yeah, we can get this done. It'll be hard, but we can do it. Uh, it feels like, you know, in a covetous industry in a, a position that people would inarguably call very cool and prestigious. It feels like once you stop answering the call, there's somebody young and hungry behind you who's gonna, and then it's, you know, then they start calling that guy. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you've, you've fought for your place in the ladder this high. So you don't want to just watch someone climb that next step without fighting them for it. And for you specifically, would that be a loss of, I want to see if we can really dial it in. That young guy comes along and he gets your lunch. What does that mean? You know, my fear is innovation, right? It, you know, you can look at anything, the, the AI, the this, the that, um, and I want to be in on those new teams. I don't want to be a buggy whip salesman. You know, Nate was, Nate was real good. Oh, I can believe that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, was, I, I, I sold telephone deals. Well, there's no phones anymore, you know, right? Like all that kind of thing. So I don't want to be outdated. The fear I always bring up is uh, I was in college and this, this bumbling old guy walked in and he, and he stopped the class. He begged the teacher for five minutes and he sold us all subscriptions to a, news, a newspaper, right? A dying art and all that. And I saw what a tough life this guy had built for himself at, you know, 55 in a rumpled blazer that was definitely covering a stack of newspapers in his car. He throws that on, he goes and does this. And so my biggest fear in the world is being that newspaper salesman, you know, that the mercy of the world, dying tech, you've been left behind. And now you're kind of falling on, on swords, falling on mercy every morning to, to make a few bucks. And would it be the financial part? I, I want to see, I want to really get into what is the monster under the bed for you. It is, it, it is, I mean, of course, right. You need money. So it is the financial part, but it's also just that. Just the pity, just the, you know, that's not a useful man anymore. That's a, it's a cautionary tale. And that would be a tough way to, to live. You know, as you described that, I, I just heard a thing in my head is, oh, I'm a loser. Yes. 
100%. If I find it hard to answer the bell on a Monday morning when I'm the opposite of that, how do I get this body to show up when I'm a loser? Okay. Imagine there's some more to unpack there. If you're like a lot of people that I've worked with and even my own stuff that I deal with, that this possibility of being a loser is death. Yes. We'd almost rather take a bullet than 100%. be that guy. No question. Yeah, I, I don't have to put any thought into that. I would much rather be gone than be that man. <laughs> okay. All right. So we were looking to understand what the end game is. And now I want to identify what the tiger is that's running behind you. Mm -hmm. Because this is, the, this is why it has so much power. I want to understand what this thing is that has so much power over you. The thing you cannot be with. Mm -hmm. And it lives in a neighborhood of, I'm, I'm finally going to prove that I'm a loser. Yeah, it does. It's somewhat close to that. What would you change or add? I wanted, I wanted to see if we can make it more really true for you. It's that I played it wrong. You know, that I played the game wrong. So not just that I'm a loser, but it is an almost embarrassing waste of riches and talent. Um, you know, I'm very grateful and have been given... A lot of good breaks like i talked about there's so much luck that goes into being where you are in anything and, and to have squandered that is just so embarrassing um, i did not have yeah, everybody's got something but I, i've had so many fortunate things happen and to have just blown all that to have uh, blown a big chip lead to have you know been 20 games up in the standings and and not made the playoffs like that would just feel disgusting it would feel unlivable Okay. I want to come back to the emotional language here because it's really, it's really important. So I'm a loser. I'm a disgust. I'm an embarrassment. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you, as we say, we can always kind of feel ourselves like want to slither away from it. It's like, oh. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, that's, that's the language. Yeah. Okay. As we talk about it, what, what do you notice in your system? It's bringing up thoughts of, um, like, I'm actually noticing some connection, you know? It's like, I feel gross, but I, I feel it because I'm thinking of all the people who've taken shots on me and, and the loving family I have and all these things that I, all these people I feel I have to be here for. And so, it, you know, we talk about duality on other things, but on one side, I'm so squirmy with that thought, but on the other side, I'm feeling the people I want to show up for. Do you need to wake up every day and prove you're not a loser or an embarrassment or a disgust to those people? Yeah. You do? Yeah, you need to so. wake up every day and prove that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't like, don't like feeling, you know, I have trouble not being, not showing up for people, or, you know. I'm having a tough day. It's tough to be around my wife and, and admit that. I want to be, you know, strong for her. It might, uh, the way that my family is structured, a lot of people come to me for uh, support. It's, and it's kind of a one-way thing. I don't really flip it back. And, and I, you know, I'm comfortable in that existence, even with the pressure that that sounds like it brings. Hmm. I'm imagining if I were to meet these people in your life and have a private conversation with them, I wonder if I were to ask them and say, does he have to wake up every day and prove to you he's not a loser or a disgust or an embarrassment? And I wonder what they would say. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> well, that brings up the idea that I have for you, which is okay. you could check this out. This, what I'm, we're all basing this around. There's an idea and it's a cancer. Mm -hmm. which is this idea that every day I have to prove that I'm not this. And I, as you describe that, it sounds so exhausting. It can be. 
it seems to take all of the play out of it too. Yeah, that's fair. That's an aspect that I should have more of. And I'm sitting, sometimes I'm baffled that there's less play in my life than there should be for the silly things that I bring into this world. When you were describing this fear of having that, this big advantage and, and squandering it, and I was thinking, wow, I wonder if he knows how loved he is and how accepted he is as he is instead of, no, every day is a new game. Yeah. Cool, good, zero, zero every day. I, I just had an immediate reaction to that and just got kind of emotional and just like, it's not something I've allowed myself to think about. Why not? What happens when you think about it? That's tough to think about. I can't, I'm trying to, and I, it's hard to separate love and expectation where it's, you know, I, I know the people in my life love me, but I think there's, they love me because, right? The, you know, I can't get that because to separate. And I don't know if that's normal or that's how everyone views the world, but that's, that's how I'm feeling at the moment. Is that how you view the world? Are the people in your life that you view, do you, is, it, is it a new game every day? Well, let's see if I'll love them today. <laughs> no. Uh, no, that's, a, that's extreme even for me. Wait, so you can love them without kind of crossing your arms and keeping score all day? Yeah. I don't know. I don't like the way they, they left their dishes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good. <laughs> How is it that you love certain people in your life? I, w- I want to understand your how you how you view them and how you're able to love them. What's your relationship between this love and expectation? It's for you on your side. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the people that come to mind, I'm thinking of just, you know, just because we're talking about something like this. So I'm thinking of people I love that are deeply flawed and and um, that doesn't affect my love for them, right? It, it affects my level of frustration for them. I see a dish, I there's a reaction of this again, you know, oatmeal, not rinse, Jesus. But <laughs> it's not affecting the, the love category. It's just... Uh, you know, it's a, that short, immediate thing, but the deeper, long emotion is still is unscathed. Hmm. And then carrying it into a bigger, you know, even personality, deeper things. Hey, I, don't, I don't worry about them changing. I don't worry about I, if they never change or grow in the way that I want to control, I'll still love them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'll just be hopeful for them. So it- You'd like for them to improve and be better, and there's room for that, but it doesn't change that fundamentally. Right. They have your love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is it possible that some people feel that way towards you? Is it conceivable? It is conceivable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So funny. I want to say, but, but, but there's nothing, there's no, but it's like, it's conceivable. It's just, it's uncomfortable. It's conceivable. Okay. And let's be clear. I wouldn't, I'm not going to ask you to adopt anything that doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. What I do want to help you consider is that there's daylight around this belief that love is tied to expectations and performance. When in actuality, what might be more true is that love is a birthright and it's not something to have to re-earn every day. Huh. I mean, that'd be a better way of living. This starts to give us a window into what could be possible for you. So if we zoom out, We've got this core thing. I'm not valuable. I'm a loser. I'm an embarrassment. I'm a disgust. We've got to outrun this tiger. Yeah. Whatever I do today, it cannot, I cannot let this tiger eat me. 
Absolutely. So the answer is more. Yeah. And baby, there's no calm there. This tiger's coming. <laughs> right. Right. And every day it's another chase. Yes. Yeah, the tiger stays hungry. Tiger stays yeah. hungry. He's relentless. Yes. And what might relax this is something in there. Okay, this if this is real if this is about the relationship between love and performance, that's gonna get projected onto your work. It's gonna get projected on everything that you do. And we could start to just consider what if it wasn't a hundred percent true? What if? Mm -hmm. And then I would push it even further. Bonus round. What if that tiger could eat you? You'd come back stronger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's evidence, right? I haven't lived a, I haven't run a perfect race. So I've been caught before and I am stronger, you know, undeniably so. So I think that's definitely fair. And maybe I forget when I start running like this, that that has happened and that I have come back and that, but, you know, this is a cycle. It's tough though, you know, you, you just because you fell down and got up this is that proof that you always fall down and get up. If we're trying to stay away from always thinking and pushing it and all that. It's 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 a tough thing to trust, even though it has proved to be true for all these years. I can imagine putting some daylight between what could be a professional challenge for you. Mm-hmm. It's something that feels like this egoic death. Yeah. Meaning, hey, I can reinvent myself professionally. I may not want to. It's a pain in the ass. But fucking A, I'm strong. Right. And I'm capable. And none of that means I'm a loser. I'm a disgust. I'm an embarrassment. I'm unworthy of love. That ha Not having to experience that in the process or not having to have that be the, what this is really about for you. Yeah. I can imagine having a lot more space to be creative mm -hmm. and even take risks. Yeah. Yeah. The vision of kind of space between things right now, they're all compacted. So flat up against each other. There's no, uh, insulation on the wiring, you know? Um, but kind of getting that all spread out in my head and separated and getting back to finding some fun in this and, and taking shots on maybe things I'm passionate about would be good. Mm -hmm. Is there any area of your life where there is space here for you? Like it work, the work's big, right? It's where we feed our families and all that kind of stuff. But are there places for you where I could take a shot? It's no big deal. And, I can lose a pickup basketball game or I can, whatever. It, it doesn't feel like it's a, a, an arrow right into the heart of loser and disgust and that, that, that kind of core wound. Yeah. When I get out and when I'm physical, I, ha I have that, you know, I play, uh, I'm in the gym a lot. I, you know, play some racquetball, I surf and I don't care about being, I care about being good at racquetball to be fair. But I, <laughs> if I, if I lose, eh, you know, I'm still loved. Uh, I think surfing, I don't care about being good at at all, which is wonderful. Uh, that's the only space where, you know, ocean's going to, I'm not going to beat that thing no matter what I do. So it's kind of a nice, uh, nice hobby to, to be involved in where you're never going to be better than the ocean, you know? Let's go there. Okay. I surf too. And I find that enjoyable. What you just described is there's no expectation for me to be the winner here. Yeah. It's just not expected. Right. And you can't, you almost, you, you say, it's the one place where you set yourself up worse by being the winner, right? Like, and, and I think I heard you have this conversation with someone before, but it's, you go out there trying to really kick the ocean, ocean's ass in the morning and you, you, <laughs> you're getting skunked and tumbled the whole time. But when you, you know, when you let go of all the things I do so well of controlling things and, and you just take things as they come, then all of a sudden it's a really good day and you're, doing things without efforting them. It's easy. You're up. You don't quite know why. You're gliding through life. 
It's cool. And what you just described there wasn't, oh, I'm on the beach on a towel. I'm disengaged. You're still engaged. You still got to paddle your ass off so the set doesn't clean you out. You're still in it. Yeah. I think that's this, you know, again, like the difference between one and 10 here, which is, no, I'm still in the ocean. I'm still paddling. I'm still going to get taken and get hit. I'm still going to come home and have a ton of water in my nostrils. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's part of the game. It's part of, it's, it, it, it's how you play. And so, but if we come back to where I have to be this guy, I have to be striving or else, or I'm this other guy where nothing is happening. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful how you just described that, what I would call engagement. You're engaged. Yeah. And it's not personal anymore. Right. Everything that we started out, that we've been through today has been personal. It's been about you. Yeah. The imposter shit, you know, whatever, somebody coming to take your thing and how, it, how you might look or, to yourself or look to others, right? Yeah. That's been the, the real heavy part of this is me. And there's something how you describe about being in the ocean where it's just not about me anymore. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. You know, if I were to surf like I'm working right now, it would look so funny, right? You know, only only making sure you catch that wave exactly perfect and exactly in a lane and all these things. And like, it just wouldn't work at all. And that's how I'm working at the moment. Like, I wouldn't, you know, don't don't take a shot at this one. Just, just let it go and wait for it to be perfect and then fight very carefully for your spot on that perfect moment. <laughs> and make sure everybody else thinks that you are you know, qualifying for the tour. <laughs> right. Yes. yes. And, and they're all, and they're all the pieces, you know, and staying off things and staying out of my way, which is never the case in the Southern California <laughs> beach. So yeah, it, it's, it's really laughable to think about like how impossible that would be and how, how you just, just, it all falls apart right away. I can just see it all collapse. Yeah. And that's how I'm working right now just in an intentable way. What I love about this is how you, you already got an eye on how that might be hurting your performance. It might be hurting the thing that you ultimately want. Yeah. Which is to have that, to really know that what you're doing is valuable. Sure. And making an impact and securing yeah. your position. That the, and this is kind of the the cosmic joke is the more we make things about ourselves, the more we just get <laughs> kind of punched in the dick, right? It's just, yeah. it's just tough. hundred percent. And the more we relax it and just focus on, Hey, what needs to happen here? Let's focus yeah. on that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's just less attachment. Well, easier said than done. And I, this is sure. where we could talk about how we could apply this for you. Okay. Now, if we were, if we had more of a runway where we were working together, it would want to be, I would want to help you chunk down some of the places and find some areas where you could plan going into whatever that thing was to, okay, I'm going into this and I'm going to treat this as if I'm surfing. So what's the cue that I'm going to give myself here? I can feel wow. myself getting wound up and Hey, I'm going to, how would I go about to have this conversation if it wasn't, if I wasn't going to make it about me and being a referendum against my self-worth? Or maybe we catch it in the rear view mirror. Okay, I had that meeting earlier. I had this thing and I'm wanting to make it about me. What might I have done differently if I was going to consider it being done from more of this surfing perspective? Mm -hmm. And what this does is it starts to rewire your mind. Even if you can't do it in the moment, you just start to see that, okay, I could consider how I might do, do, do things differently. And I wonder if there's a scenario that comes up for you that we could think about. Yeah. I mean, I think right now, if I compare work and, and kind of that constant running that I'm doing, you know, and sometimes maybe a little bit to run to, so it's like if someone looks over at me and like, oh, he's running, <laughs> you know, at least he's doing something. And if you take that to surfing, like there's, you watch a guy try to paddle out at the wrong time and just burn all this energy paddling into waves when you could take 10 or 12 breaths and just it all calms down and you shoot right out. And, you know, who did that better 
and it's really the second guy, right? Because now you've saved your energy for, for catching. You haven't burned your energy on this kind of high effort, highly visible fight that really gets you, you know, you're going to end up at the same place, but you're exhausted and now the opportunity is going to be there and you're not going to be able to ride it mm-hmm. because you wasted the fight on all this, on this really stupid egotistical thing. I want to be there now. So I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to go in traffic, uh, to get out of this metaphor. But, um, I think that's the thing I'm not doing right now. I'm just paddling. It doesn't matter the condition. I'm just going to throw it all out there and gas myself <laughs> out for, no, for just no reason. Hmm. So I could imagine, I call it the Monday morning quarterback, where you could review your day and not mm-hmm. to beat yourself up, but you could say, okay, what did I do today that was me proving? Okay. And it could be that paddle out that you described. Yeah. And it could have been, wow, I went way over doing this other thing. And then I exhausted myself doing this or whatever it is. And you just look at it. You just look at that list. No self-criticism. Just, oh, interesting. Because what we want to do is just to help you build awareness of these, of these behaviors and understand, okay. and have a compassionate reason why they're there. Like, okay, I'm, this is the thing I'm doing because I, I don't feel calm. I want to feel calm. And this is one strategy that's wearing me out. Yeah. Okay. And then you could start to play, what might I have done differently instead of that? And then to visualize it, I would have had the conversation this way, or I would have said, hey, I'll get that to you Wednesday instead of working later, whatever the thing is. And at least just start to build this awareness and that there's another path instead of this rigidity, the rigidity that you've got. Yeah. One way. <laughs> yeah. And then over days and weeks, you start to recognize, oh, that choice is available to me now. Okay. This is where the practice comes in and the awareness starts to come together. But then we're going to be up against the guy. It's like, uh, hell no, because if we don't prove all the time that we're exceptional and we're not a disgust and everything, everything's going to fall apart. But you might say, you know what? I could take a risk here. Let's see. Okay. And little by little, you could experiment, identifying the proving pattern, identifying this more calm, grounded, confident pattern, Mm -hmm. action, behavior, and then learning to start to play with that. And the key word here is play. Let's see. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't go for the big swing, but just little little bits at a time. Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility for you. Yeah, it's definitely something I'm willing to, to try. It's, it feels good. It feels worthwhile, you know, adding that practice in. And I don't, I want to help you identify, I want to make this super simple, but if there's this proving pattern, okay, what did I do to prove today, right? What's that, what's that exhausting thing that I do that's proving? It's rigid. There's no fun. There's no play. What would you call this kind of more surf related? You know, the, the thing that we're talking about that fits more in the category of surfing, but what is that for you? How do you describe that way of being or that way of approaching what you're doing? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's more accepting. It's, yeah, it's just flowing, you know, you just do what needs to be done. Yeah. Don't attach things to it beyond that. Okay. I don't know if the word service is, is there for you, but what if it's just kind of like, what would serve? Like, what's the thing? I like you said, what would, what needs to be done here? Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. Big on that. Like it's me out of me, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Serve the moment. Instead, I can serve the purpose instead of uh, thinking about me and all the traps that sets for myself. Okay. Yeah. My hunch is that the less we make this about you, the more calm and the more fun and the more flow you're going to experience. Yeah, I immediately feel better when I even think of the possibility of removing my ego and my bullshit from what could be going on. It it feels like relief. Just like, oh, I don't have to take me into this. Oh, man, that sounds good. (laughs) Great. Good. We did that at the top of the call today when I said, hey, we can let go of anything that needs to happen today. That was more for me than probably for you. But that's what that was. It just, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Right on. But that doesn't mean I'm going to open a beer and just check out. Sure. Yeah, there's still fun to be had in in action. Let's go in. Let's see what's here. We'll move the ball. Who knows? Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. So we're going to play with this proving, building awareness around proving, 
starting to identify what's happening there, starting to identify what serving might look like, might have looked like, and then over time, closing the gap so that maybe you have choice to do that in real time if you wanted to. Awesome. That's a longer term kind of a thing there. And we'll see. We'll see if somebody pipes up and says, hell no, I can't do it. It's too dangerous and there's too much at stake or whatever. But I don't know. Yeah, it's awesome. Here's what I would love. I would love to hear how this is going for you. Could we make an agreement that you'll check in with me in, say, three weeks? Yeah. Great. And if it makes sense now, but two days from now it doesn't make sense, hit, shoot me an email. That can happen. <laughs> sure. <Okay. laughs> yeah, I, yeah. If that tiger runs me down in the next 48 hours, I'll let you know. It'll feel like death, but you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Right on. Anything else that uh, would help you today? No, man. I, I like this a lot. I think um, I just like the label of proving things. I like, I like that a lot because that's, that's just very true. That's what I'm dealing with. So yeah. it's nice to name your monsters. What I like is that I felt you calm down. Yeah. Yeah. I've let some stuff go already. Like just, I feel smaller in a good way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and it wasn't like it was some kind of bullshit new age bumper sticker thing. It was just like, yeah, what if what's possible if we were to relax out of it? Okay, man. I will look for your update in three weeks if I don't hear from you before. I'm gonna throw on the calendar. All right, sounds great. Talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, really diving in. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, cool. Okay, man. Take care. Take care. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.